Welcome to my review of the latest edition of AW Rampage from last night. This is only the second week that I've been doing Rampage reviews. So just to get you guys up to date with what we're doing here, it's going to be a much shorter show than AW Weekly where we really go in depth and go over the hour mark. This is probably going to be more like 20 or 30 minutes, just a more concise uh, review of the Rampage show. But thank you all so much for joining me. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to this channel. And you can show your support for the channel by becoming a member. There are some new emotes available for members. And you can use the super chat and super sticker function. And that really helps me a lot to keep these streams going. And this, as well as AEW Weekly, are now available as podcasts. So if you just go to your podcast provider and type in AW Weekly with Stephanie Chase, you will see my podcast and be able to download that. Now, let's get into Rampage. I thought this was a very good edition of Rampage. Obviously, we're coming off last week's show, which was a two-hour Rampage marathon. And I think that that was really, really good as a one-off. But this, as far as like an, an hour of extra AW content, um, I thought it was pretty awesome. I think that it is hard to kind of work out the match orders in this because obviously it's on, well, it's on super late in the UK, okay? I have to stay up till 4 a.m. to watch this. But it's on very late in the US as well. And there's obviously a viewer drop-off when you get to the end um, of the hour. So they started off hot with the Brian Danielson and Nick Jackson match. And they ended with the Orange Cassidy Jack Evans match. I thought that worked really well. They put the big star out first, but then the ending that we got to the her versus her match was just a very nice way to close the show. So we had on commentary, First off, it was just Excalibur and Taz, a two-man booth. They have really moved Mark Henry just into doing the little backstage segments before the main event. Um, and Chris Jericho is off at the minute after taking that running knee from Jorge Masvidal. He is uh, selling that one um, on AEW TV, so we didn't have him either. And this was, of course, taped straight after Dynamite on Wednesday night. So... We opened the show. We had um, a rundown of the six man that we saw last Friday. Uh, we had Brian Danielson come out. He's just maroon trunks, all business Brian. Uh, and then we had Matt Jackson, who is accompanied by his usual posse, including Brandon Cutler. Um, early on, Danielson hit a tope through the ropes. Um, then he did a shotgun drop kick off the top. And he was like clawing at the face of Nick Jackson and he even put his fingers up his nose. I was absolutely disgusted by that. Um, oh, just the thought of someone doing that is uh, so horrible, but this is aggressive, like no holds barred, Brian. Um, absolutely. So the referee tried to tell him to stop and he said, I'll have till five. Um, that was great. He then put on the dragon sleeper, but Jackson quickly escaped. Um, the crowd did chant, you're going to get your effing head kicked into Jackson at one point um, before he got caught in a butterfly suplex. Then we went into Danielson doing a lot of working over the arm of Nick Jackson. And after a lot of that, Jackson did manage to get an arm drag on Danielson. He dodged a drop kick in the corner. Then he dumped Danielson to the 
the floor. Um, then he hit Danielson with a spear on the floor, floor and we went to picture-in-picture picture break. Obviously, I'm watching him fight, so I saw what happened uh, during the break there. A bit after the break, Danielson hit a flying clothesline. Then he laid into Jackson with a lot of kicks to the chest and shoulders while the crowd chanted yes, ending with a big round kick to the head. And then a little later um, than that, we had Jackson doing a pair of super kicks and getting a near fall. He goes for a 450 splash, but Danielson gets to his knees. He locks in the label lock, but Jackson quickly gets to ro ropes and rolls to the apron. Um, then as we got to the end, Jackson, he goes for a kick on Danielson. He ducks it and Jackson ends up hitting Brandon Cutler instead. Then Danielson suplex Nick to the floor. Then he takes out Matt on the ring apron with a forearm. Then Nick rolls up Danielson for another near fall, but he comes back with a tiger suplex into a series of elbow smashes onto Jackson's chest. And then he transitioned into the cattle mutilation and got the tap out a win for Brian Danielson there via the cattle mutilation. After the match, we have Kenny Omega and Adam Cole come out to check on Nick. Then Christian and the Jurassic Express come out just to make sure the elite don't try and attack, attack Danielson. Then we get like a whole brawl. Mac Jackson got a kill switch from Christian. Cole got locked in a star trap by Jungle Boy. Omega tried to make the save and he got caught in a little bell lock from Danielson. Both Omega and Cole were shown like tapping out to Danielson and Jungle Boy. Um, this was a really good post-match and obviously we're going to have an eight-man tag on Wednesday's Dynamite. So what did we think of this match? Like firstly, I thought um, as great as what we saw from Danielson uh, versus Omega was awesome. I really enjoyed this though. This is full American Dragon, Daniel Bryan, um, or Brian Danielson, sorry. If you think that he wasn't kind of being held back in any way by WWE, this kind of thing is like the, the proof of it. He's wrestling such an aggressive style. It's very cool that he's using the cattle mutilation. He just seems like everything here is harder. Like he's harder hitting, harder kicks. And it's almost, he's almost a little bit, heelish but not in the way that like the young bucks are so when he had that terrible like clawing at the face um on nick jackson and he said to the referee i have till five i mean that felt a little bit heelish but i think that the young bucks and omega are like our arrogant dastardly heels who will do anything to win um so they're like bad heels in that sense Dan O'Brien is like more of like a shades of gray type character because he's just bloodthirsty like he just wants to kick people's heads off as he stated he just wants to f and destroy people um and I I very much like that I could see some people thinking that maybe he's being a little bit heelish but he just seems like someone I mean everyone when they leave WWE they seem to do the same trope of acting like they've been in prison um even though most of them agreed to stay with that company like they pretend they were in prison daniel bryan seems like like a zoo animal that has been uncaged and he just wants to go around like out in the wild hunting for his own meat like ripping heads off tearing through flesh all of it breaking bones and it's really really awesome to see um i enjoyed the commentary in this too i think that they really worked in the fact that nick jackson is a tag team wrestler and there were a lot of points in the match where 
if this was a tag team match, Nick would be used to being able to tag in his brother, but he wasn't here. Um, it was a singles and yeah, really good and a nice win for for Brian Danielson. Um, Mikhail said he loved the two-man booth. I did as well. Um, he also adds the kicks, the kicks, ouch, great match. Um Darren says, should Rampage be live? Because four hours of wrestling will tire a crowd out. It shouldn't always be live, but it's good that they have special ones that are, are done live. Um, I think that last week should have been live, but then they couldn't they couldn't do Arthur Ashe like two, two nights, I don't think. Shane says, Danielson's cattle mutilation peels in comparison as a finish to Danielson's small package. Um, <laughs> um, I really enjoy the cattle mutilation and uh, him using that as a finisher. I think it's very, very cool. Uh, next, we had Hook and Powerhouse Hobbs introduce a promo by Ricky Starks. This felt like, I mean, this is our second weird promo package of the week because on Dynamite, we had Leo Rush doing some crazy um big short gimmick promo package he all about money this was ricky starks it was like a car commercial i expected at the end of this there to be a ferrari waiting outside his house with a beautiful woman opening the door for him that's how i felt like this looked it was <laughs> it was all aimed at brian cage basically um the surroundings, it was meant to be his house. I'm sure it's not his house. No offense, Ricky, but it looked very cool. He was going through his, all his clothing, just basically saying that he's like a better, like classier man than Brian Cage in a different league to Brian Cage. I thought it was interesting, um, but I think that Ricky's a really good promo, so I don't think he needs these kind of um, stylish, like stylistic videos <laughs> to like introduce it it was just like pure car commercial vibes but this on top of the leo rush one i wonder if they're like experimenting a little bit more with the pre-tapes uh with some of the guys but then ricky came out in commentary i love ricky and taz being on commentary together they are um absolutely fantastic they have a great father-son vibe they had so many funny lines during the show just like last week we also got a pre-tape from cm punk he just basically said that he's settling into things in aw and he's ready for whatever's next um he had an interesting line though where he he said uh, i can't remember exactly but he basically said that he beat darby allen and that he survived powerhouse hobbs i think that was a nice way of um, putting powerhouse Hobbs over, uh, even though Punk got the win, just the idea that he survived that. So we're still yet to see what is next for CM Punk, but I'm hoping he moves into a feud where he really gets his teeth into it and it plays out for quite a few weeks, hopefully leading, leading to full gear. Like we're only um, six weeks away from full gear now. So six weeks would be a nice amount of time to build up a really strong feud with CM Punk. Okay, so the next match we had Jade Cargill with uh, Smart Mark Sterling defeating Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero and Thunder Rosa. This was a triple threat. There were no disqualifications in this match. So they started out and um, they showed us a good video that just told us how we got here. Um, Rose and Cargill, they had jumped Thunder Rosa before All Out. They kind of made a little alliance for the Casino Battle Royal. But then on that night, Nyla Rose eliminated Jade Cargill and Thunder Rosa eliminated Rose. So that's how we got to this triple threat. Um, 
Early on, we had Rose power slamming Rosa to take her out of the match. Then we had Cargill and Rose exchanging forearms. Cargill hit Rose with a pump kick and then clotheslined her to the floor. Then after the break, there was a trash can in the ring and Thunder Rosa drop kicked Jade Cargill against the ropes. Rosa then drop kicked the trash can into Cargill's chest and got a near fall. Then we had Rosa and Rose fighting on the apron um, and a table had been set up during the break. So Rose set up Rosa for something off the turnbuckle, but Rosa slid out and powerbombed Rose through the table. That was a very, very cool spot. And then we had um, on the other side of the ring, Mark Sterling slipping Jade Cargill a steel chair. As Rosa tried to drag Rose back into the ring, Cargill just attacked her from behind with the chair and she just hit, kept hitting her and 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 hitting her over and over again and then pinned her so the winner there jade cargill i really enjoyed this match i thought it was short and sweet it was great for what it was i think it's um got to be up there in my favorite jade cargill matches i'm a massive thunder rosa fan i think she is the best women's wrestler um in the absolute world however i was totally fine with her losing here i think jade cargill is someone you definitely need to protect um so she was taken out by so many chair shots and as the smaller competitor in the ring she did get that big moment against uh, nyla rose putting her through the table but i think that thunder rosa what they can do with her is tell a really great underdog story with her where she can take losses and like fight her way up to first Britt Baker again but then also like to eventually defeating a Jade Cargill so very much enjoyed this match uh, I thought Jade looked great in it I loved smart Mark Sterling and fixing her hair at the end but yeah, let me see what you guys said. Miss Cass said, I didn't expect Jade to win. She's definitely not ready for DMD. Who beats her to stop her from facing Brit? Jade shouldn't win title until next year. Still too green. I don't think that Jade um, is going to face Brit anytime soon. And I certainly don't think she should win the title. I do feel like Jade is might be the first winner of the TBS title that they're apparently introducing. Um, I think that would be good for her. And I think she could have like quite a Miro like run with that and just get wins through lots of um, squash matches. And then maybe we could see like a Thunder Rosa being the one to dethrone her um, eventually. Um, oh, hello to uh, SCW, the wrestling channel. Thank you for popping in. Um, Shane says Rosa is bulletproof. Jade needed this win because Brit needs more than one challenger. Wasabi King says Rose is so over. It's ridiculous. Her taking a pin won't kill her um, momentum. I totally agree with that. She is absolutely so over as well. And I don't think that taking the pin will uh, kill her momentum at all. Uh, hello to David Jackson, who agrees with me that Jade will be the TBS title winner. Labor Day said, I honestly did not like the finish, but also think the way they did it was slick enough to push Thunder Rosa back without making her seem weak. Yes, definitely. Bill's Mafia also agrees that Jade is destined to win the TBS title. And Wasabi King points out that Jade uh, held up a middle finger during her entrance. Uh, yes, that was awesome. There's a photo on Twitter of her holding up a middle finger while a sign, uh, there's a guy holding a sign that said, I think, beer break on it. Um, Jade is, is, is so cool. She was also my favorite part of the debut of Rose to the Top this week, which I talked about a little bit on AW Weekly. Next up, we had a pre-tape from Malachi Black. Malachi Black 
was in a dark stairwell where mostly you could just see his uh, ridiculous eyeshadow. Uh, he said that he was tired of the Nightmare family and Cody Rhodes. He's ready to move on to other souls in the company. Um, and then he's, he said, Nightmare family, I've grown weary of you all. And then he talked about the black mist and saying, did it seep into Cody and it will eat him alive? I really liked this promo. Now, I had initial reservations about Malachi Black. Longtime viewers know that, but he's really impressed me since he came in. Um, I don't think this was like any kind of um, weird magic or any like crap like that. I think that the mist thing is almost like a, a metaphor. I don't think he was saying li literally Cody's been poisoned by the black mist, but I liked him just being like, yeah, I'm tired of you, Nightmare Family. I mean, he did systematically destroy the Nightmare Family. He's beaten Cody Rhodes twice. He beat Dustin. He beat Lee Johnson. There is nowhere else for him to go with that faction. And I like the, the idea of rather than having like constant rematches and all that kind of stuff to like really drag out feuds. I, I like the idea of one guy just turning around and being like, dude, I'm not feuding with you anymore. I totally destroyed you. Like, I don't need to feud with you anymore. Like what more of a point does Malachi Black have to prove? And you could circle back to Malachi Black and Cody Rhodes in a couple of months even because maybe Cody could go down a path where what Malachi Black did to him is basically like ruining his life and he has to build up wins and he's been abandoned by Aaron and the other members of the Nightmare family. And Malachi Black can just be on his way doing his own business. So I like that. I am very excited to see Malachi Black finally make his AEW debut because since he's been in the company, he's been in the Codyverse, but now I want to see him actually in AEW doing feuds with people. Who do I want him to feud with? I think he could be a good guy for CM Punk. I really, really do. And I know that he said on Talk is Jericho that he's like written down ideas for feuds with like most people on the roster. I think him and Punk could work out something uh, very good together as, as well. Um, I think he could really do a good kind of, um, he could do some kind of great promo on Punk where he decides that Punk has to like pay or be taught um, a lesson and like, like link it into punk taking that seven year break from wrestling and how punk is so happy and the crowds love him so much malachi black could come in as some kind of truth teller and basically be like you're not you're not the savior that you think you are type thing i i think something like that would would work really really well and i think if they um draw it out enough even if punk was to get the win at the end i think it would still elevate malachi black and it would be what he really needs. I think he needs to come into AEW uh, with a really strong feud after spending that time with the Nightmare family and with Cody. Uh, Labor Day says, I want Black to move on from Cody. Um, Bill's Mafia, I wonder if there a coincidence that Punk and Malachi had promos about moving forward. Are they on a collision course? Well, I mean, that's what I just I just theorized. I put out, out there. Um, Labor Day's, uh, if the foreshadowing of it is, if the mist will turn Cody heel is cool. Um, McCass, what's next for Black Takedown Dark Order? Maybe I, I wouldn't be into that. I don't think I'd be um, into him feuding with Dark Order. It just kind of doesn't work for me. Um, Labor Day is not sure about Punk and Black. Black doesn't need the Punk rub. That would be bad booking because Punk will have to go over. Uh, as I explained, like, I don't think it would necessarily be bad booking at all if they do... Um, 
if they do the feud the right way, I think that you can keep them both strong. Um, hello to Mask, who said, so I'm in my mid-30s, watch Dynamite and Rampage with my boss, who's 70, to see him really interested in the wrestling characters, made me realize that AW is something special for everyone, given the chance. Oh, yeah, absolutely. AW does something special for everyone. It's, abs- I mean, we're sidetracked now, but it is absolutely the wrestling that I would introduce to anyone uh, young and old. There are so many great characters in the show, and I trust the storytelling so much. Like, think of all the theories we can come up with about what a Malachi Black is going to do next or what a CM Punk is going to do next. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. So I'm very glad to hear that you showed AW to your boss. That's lovely. Uh, next, we had Sammy Guevara promo about his TNT title win. Um, they showed, like, clips of his celebration. He has the classic TNT title, obviously not the one that was retired and given to negative one, but the black strap version of the title after Miro had a custom strap one. Then we had Mark Henry do his face-to-face promo gimmick. I'm still not sure that this is working uh, at all. He was with Evans and Matt Hardy, um, who were face-to-face with Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy was like, what is this match? <laughs> what am I doing? Typical Orange Cassidy. Mark Henry explained it. Um, to Cassidy saying that if he loses he's getting his head shaved and he just said oh I guess I'm not going to lose then <laughs> and that was that so Orange Cassidy defeated Jack Evans in a her versus her match <laughs> um, Cassidy was like tossing Jack Evans around by his hair like Hardy pulled Cassidy out of the ring and hit him with a right hand and then Evans hit a 450 splash into the floor uh, Ricky Starks had a moment that just popped me on commentary where he talked about needing to soften up a man's head before you shave it I just thought that was really funny and Taz was like I shave my head and I've never had to soften up my head first and Ricky was like you're a wrestler you've taken lots of headshots so that's probably why um so a bit later we had a standing sky twister press from Evans getting a two count and then Evans went to the top for a sky twister splash off the top but he missed so Cassidy hit the spinning DDT and then came off the top of the diving DDT DT, very close near fall. Then we had the Butcher the Blade and the Bunny come out, but then the best friends came out through the crowd and they stood between the Hardy family members and the ring. Then the rest of the Hardy family office came out, but then the Dark Order came out to join the best friends. And then amid all the standoff, Orange Cassidy hit the orange punch on Jack Evans and got the pinfall. Um, the best friends then prepared to give Evans a haircut. Hardy sent a helicopter to try and get through the wall of people protecting the ring. The Dark Order just disposed of him. Um, rather than trying to stop the haircut, Matt Hardy and the rest of the Hardy family office retreated for the greater good. And then Cassidy and best friends gave Evans a haircut. Ricky Stark's great commentary again. He was like, give this man a proper barber let him have some dignity while it was all going on orange cassidy and matt hardy were announced as the the last two participants for the casino ladder match on wednesday we also have a, a joker but they were the last two officially announced uh, and then the dark order and the best friends all give a big massive group hug to negative one to end the show so a lovely ending here um of course jack evans is gonna lose his hair um as far as hair versus hair match goes, I wouldn't really um, rank this one very high. My personal favorite is when Jeff Jarrett got his head shaved at SummerSlam 1998. <laughs> My ex-pack, always find that very funny. But 
I thought it was a, a fine match. I don't think anyone was that concerned about Jack Evans' hair. I never like to see a man uh, lose his long hair, though. That's always very sad. But I think the ending was wonderful. The big hug on negative one. Of course, the show being taped on the same day as Dynamite was still in Rochester. So it was nice to involve negative one again and just send people home happy with a now shaven head Jack Evans and a nice little hug to negative one. Uh, the only problem I'd say was just the usual like too much Hardy family office just being everywhere. I really can't believe that Matt Hardy is in the casino ladder match. Uh, I think that there's many people I, on this roster I would have given that spot to other than Matt Hardy, but he does seem to work his way into every angle uh, on the show. So it doesn't surprise me that he's in there. And I'm sure that we are building to a proper Orange Cassidy and Matt Hardy match. And I think we'll probably see them taken out of the, the casino ladder match pretty early as they um, work towards having a blow off match in their feud. Uh, Mikhail said, I'm not happy with the participants in the latter match. I wanted Stark, Stanton, and Kingston in it. I think the Joker is either Hangman, Black, or Miro. Who do you think it is? Um, Hangman, or I think there's a chance it could be Daniel Bryan in order to give him um, a reason where Kenny has to give him a rematch um, at like full gear. Uh, I think there's a chance in that. I also think there's a chance because they're in Philadelphia that they bring in someone who's just a tribute to them being in that area, like an ex-ECW person, maybe like a Rob Van Dam, like someone that could work a ladder match. Um, Labor Day said the match was kind of a dud. The Hardy family office are very good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Graffle have said more people need to talk about Jeff Jarrett losing his hair at SummerSlam. I 100% agree, um, Graffle, and I don't know where you've ever heard someone state that before. Um, I don't know if you, you know, if you know someone that has uh, persistently said that more people need to be talking about that match. <laughs> um, Matthew said the latter match looks stacked. I just think um, Orange Cassidy and Hardy is decent compared to the other four. I'd like to know who the Joker is. I'm intrigued. Um, I'm very intrigued as well. Um, because Matt and Andrade don't deserve title shots and everyone else has lost to Omega already. Um, and then Matt says that's why the Joker could be a good winner. Um, Labor Day says not Hangman. Um, Matthew says Brian has a match that night already. The American Dragon can absolutely wrestle twice in an, in a night. Um, <laughs> yes, as Yoko said, Dark Danielson cares. <laughs> uh, Labor Day thinks Hangman is returning at his hometown show. But yeah, it is very intriguing that they have a Joker. Um, I mean, let's let's look at the. Um, I'm going to get up the full lineup here. Um, so we've got Pac, John Moxley, Andrade, Lance Archer, uh, and then Matt Hardy and um, Orange Cassidy. I mean, you could even put like a punk in it. Um, yeah. I So it's just hard to tell with this one because it's not a pay-per-view, whether it's just going to be someone um, from the roster or whether it's going to be a surprise. And I think if it's a surprise, it's not going to be like, oh my gosh, it's Bray Wyatt. I think it's going to be like a, isn't this nice? Rob Van Damme's here. You know, so, something like that. Oh, Labor Day says uh, it could be Leo Rush. Like that might be, that might be a shout because we've seen his uh, vignettes, but we haven't yet seen him on TV. Maybe he's uh, bought his way into the match. But 
As I said at the beginning, I thought this was a totally fine edition of Rampage. Um, I think that I like just the one hour format. It, it almost feels like we didn't have a Rampage last week because we had the special two hour one. Uh, and that was, you know, very different to what we're used to in Rampage. But it was good to see Daniel Bryan on the card. That opener was great. I love this. This like vicious animal that Daniel Bryan has become. Um, I think that for anyone that's been watching him for a long time, this is just so great to see him not be the, the person that we knew in, in WWE before. It's really, really cool. But yes, um, let me see. Last couple of comments. Um, anime says, I could see someone other than Hangman being the ladder match and the title shot is going to be the next pay-per-view. Um, Matthew McCoskey, thank you so much for the super chat. You want to say it's obviously going to be QT Marshall stuff. <laughs> if it's QT Marshall, Twitter will explode thinking that this man has booked himself into <laughs> the ladder match. But I'm hoping for someone a little bit more exciting than that, though. As you guys know, I love QT Marshall. But we are coming up on the half an hour mark here. So it is time for me to say goodbye. But thank you guys so much for joining me here on a Saturday to talk about Rampage. I will be um, doing a Dynamite preview, of course, during the week. That should be up before Tuesday. Then, of course, join me uh, for wrestling uh, daily on Thursday and then AW Weekly on Thursday as well. And I will be back here next Saturday to talk about next week's edition of Rampage. So until then, bye!